Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Faith and Friendship podcast. I'm your host, Allie, and today I am joined by not one, but two guests. Woohoo! Yeah. Fellas, will you please introduce yourselves for the audience? Um, I'm Robbie Redzik. Uh, you know. And I'm Joshua Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Good job. <laughs> um, Robbie and Josh are two of my friends from InterVarsity, which I have previously talked about on past episodes. Um, I'm excited that they're here. I'm excited to have both of them. They are besties, if I say so myself. We're roommates. You guys besties? Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. Besties and roommates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right, Robbie and Josh, I'm sure the fans <laughs> want to get to know you. Please give me a little bit about you. That can include your name, age, profession, and a fun fact, if you will. Well, so my name is Robbie Redzik, right? Um, I'm from uh, Conwood Heights, Utah. I lived there like my entire life in the exact same house. And my parents have lived there for 25 years. Ooh. So as you can imagine, I've been like sheltered in Utah for a while. And <laughs> I ended up going uh, straight for entrepreneurship because I saw how much growth potential Utah had. And I couldn't leave it personally. I love this place so much. It's beautiful out here. Yeah, and I'm Joshua Simpson. I grew up in a small town called Montrose, Colorado. My graduating class was 256, so yeah, that tells you Whoa. anything. Uh, but I never knew what I wanted to do in high school. Bounced between majors a lot, but ended up in architecture, and I'm loving it. So much fun. If you ever want to come to Montrose, I'll teach you how to river surf. It's a great time. Mm, what does river okay. surfing have to do with? Um, oh, it's a fun fact. It's I a fun fact. I, oh, I can wake surf on a boat. Yeah, I have to one up Josh. Here. <laughs> You're so good at wake surfing. <laughs> yeah, you broke your leg. I, I broke my leg uh, wakeboarding actually. Not not okay, quite surfing. Robbie. It's a little bit different. I was going like 20 <laughs> miles an hour, hit a jump, just didn't land right, and it broke my knee. Game over. <laughs> Is that your fun fact? Ah, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It wasn't quite fun at the time, but I mean now I'm here. It's, so. it's a fact. Now I can walk again. Can you look back and laugh? I can't look back and laugh. I actually, like, everyone thought that I was totally fine when I, like, broke <laughs> my knee. And they were like, oh, like, you're, you're going to be fine, you know? Like, you're doing pretty well. And I was like, yeah, I can't, like, move my knee at all, you know? We'll be fine. <laughs> Go into the doctor the next day. like, yeah, you, you totally broke your knee, dude. I was like, oh, oh, okay. First ever break. All right. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Thanks for introducing yourselves. Um, we're going to hop next into um, – little bit of background on the three of us how do we know each other and how do you guys know each other since you guys are roommates I need to know the story behind that so it all started fall con last year <laughs> uh, I hung out with this group we called the chapel people and we just because met it's Robbie. the same door yeah. it's the same dorm I'm providing context yeah. uh, we uh, he was just sitting there by a hammock the last day of FallCon, we all kind of met him. We all thought he worked there. It was really weird. <laughs> really? Yeah. You guys thought he worked there? We, we, never, we didn't see him before that, the, like, last morning. We were like, what the heck? And then uh, oh, we, he hitched a ride back with me, talked, and then I never saw him again. Damn. Stole his pillow because he left it in my car. For, like, months. Yeah. Like six months. And then... Yeah. <laughs> We met each other again at chapter camp where we got super close and 
here long, we are. Yeah, long story short, we became roommates there. And it's like from like uh, like all of like this group mm-hmm. that we went to. Oh, and keep in mind, so this this Falcon thing, I don't know if you guys talked about it at all, but I literally went. It's like a group that we do, um, you know, every fall, fall break, like right before it. And I went to this thing not knowing like a single soul. And I literally just started talking to everybody. And now here I am with InterVarsity. And InterVarsity is how I met Allie. I don't know how Josh met Allie, but. I think that I met Ali at the same thing because I knew no one when I went to this university. Yeah, Robbie, I remember meeting you at the first Falcon, and um, we discussed this a little bit not too long ago. But like, I was like, "Where did that guy go?" Like, I thought you were cool when I first met you, but I was like, "I don't know where that dude went." He like dropped off the face of the earth. And then when you were, I saw you were going to like chapter camp, and I was like, "Oh, I think I, I think I met that guy." And then yeah, we were all me, Robbie, and Josh were in the same. Um, study group at chapter camp which is like a spring break camp we do through university and how that works is we're studying the first half I think of Mark so we were all in the same group and that comes with a lot of like vulnerability sharing really getting to know each other a lot of study together so that's I think when I really became better friends with the two of them but that's just my memory and I think that's uh, probably the same for both of us I mean like when you just get that vulnerable with someone and get that like actually start to get to know them and, and start reading the Bible and trying to become a better person. It's like, you know, a whole new group of friends, you know, it's not like another mm-hmm. group of friends. And that's what really like pulled me to faith really is just seeing that what community can really do for someone. Yeah. I would say I met Allie in the same way. Like we knew of each other up until chapter camp. I didn't really know her until we were sitting in those groups for like <laughs> All nine to 10 hours a day, like up till 3am one night, like just <laughs> like, like learning, like, who we really were, like the problems that we didn't even know we had going in, kind of ideal. So, yeah. Nice. And when we say like we did some study in Mark One, like I mean we did study. Like Josh said, we probably were in there for like eight, nine hours a day, <laughs> just like pouring into the Bible, which was great in hindsight. But sometimes it was it was getting a little tired. Yeah, I was. Not gonna right. I had no idea what this place was when I went, and then like we get there and they're like, "All right, you guys ready to?" manuscript the bible i'm like sure and he's like all right this is the schedule we're gonna manuscript <laughs> eat lunch manuscript eat that oh man we're gonna eat breakfast and then lunch <laughs> and then in between both those we're gonna be manuscripting the whole time and then we're gonna have some free time and then we're gonna manuscript again then we're gonna have worship night <laughs> it was yeah. just... and then we're gonna manuscript again and mm. start talking about more stuff so it was quite the, quite the trip something that i wasn't ready for but i wasn't expecting that much either no it's a lot and, like, you don't think you can manuscript that much, but, like, mm-hmm. after, like, the first couple sessions, you get the hang of it, and you just, like, sit there and, like, listen. manuscript. Just sit there. Yeah. yeah. Sit there and listen. It was kind of fun to reminisce and walk down memory lane of how we met each other, because sometimes I feel like I don't think about it enough. You just think of people in your life, and you're like, yeah, we're a friend. But it's like, how did that even happen? How'd that start? Well, For it, me, it's it, fun to look at. It back. really wasn't like too long ago, but like it no. feels like it was so long ago now. I mean, it hasn't even been like a full year. You know, and here we are. It's just crazy how much time like goes by like in college. You know, I mean, like I'm a sophomore. I think we're yeah, we're all sophomores, right? No, junior, yeah. junior. No, we're all sophomores. Oh, we're all sophomores. Okay. Yeah, we're all sophomores, and um, you know, I didn't think that time would go this fast. And here we are. I think it's also nuts that like, like, I met. Like one of my good friends, Kayvon, last year, and uh, 
I like came home and I told my brothers I was like going on a trip with him like three weeks into school <laughs> and they thought I was nuts they're like you just met this kid and my mom's like no when you meet someone at like college like they become Aww. your family because you have no one else there like you get to know people so fast and like you have to like make deep ties because you literally have no one else and usually they don't either yeah you know a lot of people come from other places and that's what I was like so blessed with when I moved here is that I just had so many friends from Utah so my situation was a little bit different than most Mm. So, like, a bunch of people that you went to, like, high school and stuff yeah, would go here? Yeah, so kind of what happened, right, is um, I had all these friends from high school, and then um, the friends that I had from high school had, like, neighbors, and so I would always go hang out with him and then hang out with his neighbors. And his um, he went to a private school called Juan Diego, which was a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And um, so all of his friends from this Catholic school all came to Sage Point, and then all my friends from Skyline also moved to Sage Point, and so they all had a community there. And then um, I lived at this dorm called Lasan, and, you know, it was cool, but it was like I just couldn't establish the same connections with these people that I've already made with um, my good friends in Utah. So we just created such a tight-knit community and kept inviting everybody, and now that group's up to, like, 40 people that consistently hang out. Dang. It's quite, That's quite, quite the, the group. group. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. Like interesting. We have, seriously have a group chat with, like, 30 people that works. Like, we actually, like, plan stuff in it, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think we're kind of transitioning into, like, our ne- my next talking point is just, like, hearing a little bit about your faith background, how you grew up. Um, I actually wanted to ask you, Josh, you said that you had a graduating class of, like, 200 people? 256 people. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty small. Yeah. How was that, how was that like? So from like a faith perspective, um, I've been Christian all my life. Um, I don't have a moment that I like look back and I'm like, man, this is the moment like I started following Jesus. Like, honestly, I feel like I've I followed Jesus like straight out of the womb. You know, that's like (laughs) that's like how I was raised. Like, I didn't know anything but Jesus. Um, But like growing up in a small town, like the churchy aspect of it where everybody pretty much is christian there's a lot of drama and more it's more of a religion than it is a faith so it was hard growing up like going to church until like i was 10 and then like realizing that like we couldn't go to church anymore because if like the holy spirit's not moving in the church and all you're doing is following a set of rules that is not Christianity that's not like loving God or knowing who God is that's just like walking your life aimless aimlessly so yeah growing up in a small town was definitely difficult and different and definitely with everybody being like faith-filled like there was a lot of drama just surrounding the church it wasn't like all about God it was more like a power dynamic so Mm. yeah so I definitely like learned my faith from my parents who like took me took me and my brothers out of that power dynamic and like threw us into like like learn learn the the verses in the bible guard the word in your heart like actually know who god is let the holy spirit live inside of you instead of like use christianity as like a power thing over Mm. others interesting yeah um was your church in your hometown like a a certain denomination or non-denominational so there are actually like a ton of churches in montrose but everybody kind of like knew where everybody else went and then there was like an overarching like group of people that like ran the churches so we had grace Mm. community church 
First Presbyterian Church, we had Baptist Church, and then we had two Mormon churches, and then a Catholic chapel. So in Mormon churches down in Montrose? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, everybody, like, knew of each other and where each other went, but, like, mm. the churches, like, denominationally, like, were separate. Interesting. Which church did you attend? Uh, we actually attended um, most of them because— Even the Mormon one? Not the Mormon <laughs> one. But uh, we attended most of them trying to find, like, a niche where we could feel the Holy Spirit move because I believe that there's no point to going to church if you don't feel the Holy Spirit move. Because if you're just going to church to say you went to church, like that's not the point. The point of going to church is so you have a community that you're constantly pursuing God and you're getting that glimpse of what heaven is like. So going to church and like going to like the like Presbyterian church, like I love that church. Like that's where my youth group was. And the youth group was a part of the church, but it wasn't. It wasn't like Presbyterian base, but the actual like church part of it was so boring. Like everybody was just there because it was Sunday. And then like at Grace Community, like like not like saying this is wrong, but if you're just constantly like reaching out to the new people coming in and not like cultivating your flock so that they can help bring other people in, then you're just mm -hmm. gonna have a weak, uh, weak church with a weak foundation. So you need to also talk about, like, the hard things in the Bible and, like, why we should know those things. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's Which great, Josh. Thanks for touching on that more. And I just wanted to clarify something that you said. You said there's no point to going to church if you don't feel the Holy Spirit. Does that include, um, like, not feeling the Holy Spirit just, like, one time at church and maybe God wasn't working in you that day? Or yeah. do you just mean, like, you just... Well, I feel like people experience the Holy Spirit differently. And so, like, yeah, some days you will walk into church and you will, like, you will have a rough week and, like, you don't think God sees you and, like, all these things. But if you look around and see, like, everybody worshiping and you can feel, like, the power of God mm -hmm. just working in the church, like, that is, that is the Holy Spirit. Like, okay. although you don't feel it in yourself, you know that the church is, like, going in the direction of God-fearing, God-loving mm. kind of uh, worship. Thank you for clarifying uh, that. Because when I heard that, I was like, you can't, you don't feel the Holy Spirit like every time you go to church. Like that's that'd be a lot. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Robbie, ew. No, can I? Don't. I guess I don't. Robbie's gonna blow his nose right now. Well, I, I step away from the mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in. What, on one of the episodes, like a bug flew in my, like the straw of my water bottle, and it was so scary and gross. So you have to listen to hear it. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, Josh, for sharing your story so far. Um, and I'm curious as to why you came to the U and what led you to get involved with university. Yeah, so uh, when I was in high school, I really liked chemistry. And so I wanted to become a chemical engineer. Ultimately, that fell through because I felt like if I uh, spent years developing a medicine and then the FDA said, hey, you actually can't like produce that medicine, it would be very unfulfilling. Mm. And so every single test I took in high school that like told me like what I should be, they said I should be an architect. So I went for it. I came to the U because they gave me a scholarship and I heard they had a very good architecture program. 
So I said, why not? Came to the U, had a rough roommate uh, first semester. And then, uh, but through that, like pain, I knew I had to find like another source of like community. So I was sitting in the PHC one day um, playing pool with- PHC is a building on campus. It's like a dining hall. Yeah, uh, I was playing <laughs> pool with one of my friends, Will, and the head, one of the head leaders of InterVarsity, Chasen, he came up to me and he said, hey, we're having like a worship thing down in this like field below. Do you want to come? And like I've been praying for like a Christian community. Aww. And I was like, yes, I'm definitely going to that. So uh, Will uh, is not Christian, so he didn't go. But uh, I went by myself and I just, when I came in, the first person I met was Thomas and he is a great guy. And we just like hit it off, um, met Emily, uh, got to know Chasen more, met Claire. Maya, all those kinds of leaders in InterVarsity, and I just felt like there was like a home, and like more importantly, it was like a home of people that wanted to know God deeper. It wasn't just a place where like we come and like hang out, and that's only the that's the only time we serve God. No, we serve God like all the time. Like just a couple weeks ago, like we went out and like open air preached, and like that was the first time we did that. So we're constantly trying to make God's glory known on campus and in other sense god is moving at this campus mm. yeah i love that oh josh i'm so glad you found like a, a sense of belonging right away that just makes me happy yeah. thanks for sharing that um and yeah open air preaching that was definitely big um robbie were you able to go uh so that kind of leads me like i'm personally my walk of faith has been very different than most people um, I grew up Christian, right, and had all that going for me. And then, um, you know, I went to this Christian school called Intermountain Christian School. And for me, the situation was a little bit different. I didn't learn like other students. Um, you know, I wasn't uh, like other students. And at this school, um, they really, really, <clears throat> they really came down hard on academics and like what you could actually do and, and I would lose my assignment, you know, and like lose it in my slew of papers in my locker. And, um, you know, they'd be like, Robbie, like you need to get like more organized and, and like this. And then all of a sudden they started putting me in like reading classes and I feel like I could read just fine. But like I started realizing that these guys are giving me like special care. And it, and it really hurt me to kind of see that like, um, why would Jesus want me to be in this school that, um, mm you know, really doesn't want me to, like, be myself. And I didn't really know this at the time, but, um, like, I had a few teachers that were like, your uh, son should get, like, I'm an only child, by the way, and, like, your I son should that. get um, medicated, you know, and, like, start, like, taking, like, all these drugs and stuff. And honestly, like, I didn't feel like Jesus was moving at all in me, you know. I was like, why would this even happen? There's no way, like, Jesus could exist. So it really, like, set me on, like, this tandem of just, like, denial and, like, there's no way that like this could be true. Like I'm just gonna continue on my path, and and my path at the time was uh, trying to be like all these people out on like you know society, like the the good that one percent, the people who make all the money. You know, I was chasing like the dream of of sorrows, really, just like a broken path that just like continually led me to nowhere, and you know mm. it really it really hurt me, and so um, man. Wait, what was the, what was the question? 
Oh, well, I asked you if you did open air preaching, but like the the question I asked Josh earlier was just like, tell me about your faith background. Yeah. How that yeah. led you here. And so really what my, what this came down to is what I was getting to is, you know, I really didn't feel like I had the full knowledge to go out there and open and open air preach because I truly wasn't ready for it. Like I have not read the Bible very much, you know, um, and so that was that's hard for me. And so like if someone came up to me and asked me like a super deep question, chances are I probably wouldn't know it. And so I've really set out this year to try to like just continuously like say yes to Jesus more. Like, um, you know, read the Bible more. And like right now I'm just reading Genesis because I've never actually truly read the Bible before. And so it's been really um, interesting. So I didn't think I was ready for it, really. I truly was not called to open air preach because I was not going to do well. Mm-hmm. And that's totally okay i mean if god doesn't have that for you then it's good that you not maybe saying he does in the future i just think sure, that, right now like, like yeah 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 for sure like it was it was hard for me even to to like, think about like a, a bible verse that i could really like pull out of it because truly i haven't had a bible verse like really like work in my life obviously i've had multiple vowel verses like work in my life but i haven't had like a true like deep down experience so i'm definitely getting there and, and i feel like getting closer so and that's like one of the main reasons that like Robbie and I became roommates is because um, I wanted someone who was like always like there for me and like that I knew I could trust. And then Robbie wanted someone who could like help like pour into him and stuff. And more often than not, Robbie's like pouring into me and teaching me. So, oh. you know, can you give me an example of that? I would love to hear a story. <laughs> so, uh, Robbie is constantly pouring into me because of his like constant joy and um, community that he brings. So like I will walk into our apartment like all the time and there will be like two or three other guys that I've never met before. (laughs) It's like two or three other guys like every week that like never met before. And like I walk in. So Robbie is constantly like like he's a very social person and like it inspires me to like go out and like meet new people and like bring them back. So like. I don't know. There's like a great um, thought process of like if you share food with people, like you are more likely, mm-hmm. you're like 50% more likely to have like a deep connection with that person. So the the thought that like Robbie loves to cook and like he's constantly bringing people in and like sharing food with them and that those like small little things, even though they're not like him just preaching God, it's showing God's love to other people. And it's just inspiring. Yeah, and it's been, like, uh, something that I really wanted, too, is just, like, to have a roommate that we could just, like, let people, like, into our place. And, you know, before, it's, like, it's not like we're having, like, a bunch of random parties and stuff. Like, we're inviting (laughs) people into our home to have, like, meaningful connections, you know. And so um, it's been, like, super fun to have that. And I never really had before, you know. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty, pretty rare thing to have that many people we have and just, like, cook for everybody all the time. So, yeah. I need to know, Robbie, what do you like to cook the most? Pa, I really love to cook pasta. You know, I think it's, just, it's so fun. It's easy. And then you could do it like 100,000 different ways, you know. What's, you what's so like your things. go-to then? Um, honestly, it depends on what sauces that I've got, you know, what, what seasonings I've got. But probably like my favorite that I love to make is I like to make like chicken, chicken Alfredo. Yum. Chicken fettuccine Alfredo, you know, super basic. But when you make it homemade, I haven't actually made it homemade. I, but we bought this sauce. <laughs> from this company called Rouse that is so amazing. And it's like, I don't even think I can make Alfredo sauce that's this Yum. good. So I've been, we bought that a few times and it's been great. But that's probably unfair. Josh, but what's your favorite thing to eat that Robbie cooks? 
Do you cook, Josh? I don't know. If I I, I cook, but it's not as much as Robbie. I'll like make like rigatoni. I think that's like the only thing. <laughs> and grilled cheese. I make grilled cheese. I'm pretty good at like grilled cheese. Yum. Anyway, okay. uh, Robbie makes this thing called it's like chicken and rice, and then he <laughs> adds in like some ranch. That thing slaps. Ranch. It's so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's like the college go-to meal that's like good for you. And so, um, how we get all the chicken too? <clears throat> We obviously don't have a grill. We can't cook like pounds and pounds of chicken. Sure. But, so my dad's actually like basically a bodybuilder. And <laughs> I don't know if you know anything about bodybuilder culture, but when you get to a point, you live off of chicken and white rice. You, you live off it. So my dad literally cooks like two pounds of chicken a week, freezes it all, and then gives us a pound of it to take home. Like every week. So <laughs> my parents only live like 15 minutes away. So oh, it's quite, yeah. quite the interesting system we got going on yeah but it gives us chicken okay cool um i'm gonna rewind a little bit i know you touched on this a little bit robbie talking about your faith background but i'm curious to see as like did you have any faith influences on why you chose to come to the university of utah in the major you chose etc so faith influences like absolutely none like not even gonna lie i came to the, the university of utah because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I spent um, my high school career really pushing into um, this idea. I guess there was like somewhat of faith influence. I really started pushing into this, this idea that um, I was going to create all this artwork that um, was going to really try to paint a picture for people and try to get people off of like, um, not get people off of, but obviously, but depression and anxiety is such a disease that's just overwhelming our culture that has overwhelmed me and I know I touched on this but mm-hmm. I really wanted to do something about that and I didn't know if I could do that alone and so I heard that the University of Utah had a great entrepreneurship program because at the start I was actually going to go down to Utah State and become a pilot and take the easy route but I wanted to actually go and push this business and so I had a friend that actually built a company through the University of Utah and he said that like, this is the place. If you want to actually create something, like, you got to go here. So here I am, and I'm working, and I'm pushing it. And it's just through that where I had the opportunity to say yes. You know, I think that that's what it really came down to for me is having, like, all of these, like, friends that, um, like, I wouldn't have known if I didn't say yes to going to that Falcon thing mm-hmm. we talked about at the start because I seriously knew not a single soul there. I, so – why did you go then? Because I love Big Canyon Ranch. I used to, I wow. went there all the time. So I went to youth group. I had a youth group that I went to in high school. And I was actually, since I was a year older than everybody, I got held back in kindergarten too. If that. <laughs> um, oh. So I was two years older than a lot of these people. I was like the, there was only two seniors in this class. So a lot of these like high schoolers like looked up to me, you know? And so it was like, I wasn't really doing it for Jesus. You know, I was just kind of doing it um, to be with community of people who are trying to better themselves every day and that to me was like more meaningful than anything Mm. and it's only through there that I had the opportunity to say yes and then through that it became like um I think Chasen I know we've talked about him a few times he was just like hey we're going to Big Canyon Ranch for Falcon like if you ever would want to go and a few people there text me about it and I was like sure I love that place why not okay yeah thanks for clarifying that um I know that you started a brand remind me the title of it king of broken hearts king, king and of queen broken of hearts. broken hearts um 
I know that you kind of went into that with like the the thought of like I'm gonna help myself and I'm gonna fix my broken heart. Has your like opinion on that changed since pouring into your faith more? So um, it hasn't changed, but what it's really done is it's made me realize that like I've been really lazy with this. You know, I had something that um, was so powerful to some people. Like I, I had a girl come up to me that was like, I had like one of the worst weeks of my life. Like, you know, I, I sat down at the end of the day and like everything was going wrong. My boyfriend broke up with me, you know, like I was just so broken and I wanted to really kill myself. And then, and she came up and gave me a hug and was like, do you all know what I thought of like at that moment? And, and she was like, it was so stupid to me. But all I could think about is that I wanted to be the queen of myself. I had to be the queen of myself because that's the only person I was. And God really made me realize this year that I've been uh, not really pushing into that as much as I did. Because when I was in high school, I had so much time to only do that and only push graphic design and only push this company. But once I got to college and I got the safety factor removed that I couldn't print anymore, mm-hmm. I just stopped doing it. <clears throat> And, um, you know, so it's been quite, um, I think what pushing into my faith has made me do is made me realize that this is the reason why I came to faith because, um, take it back to Big Canyon Ranch again. So I had this brand, right, that, you know, I was creating in high school and I wanted to be this 1% of people, as I said before. And this idea was driving me to insanity. And as I was looking around in this insanity, I saw how many more people were also driven by the same insanity. And I really thought, how can I like change this message almost to fit the 99 instead of the one? And try to fit the depression and anxiety message instead. And so I flipped it um, from being you know, just the king of anybody's broken heart at any time, being that influencer, being that number one power, to you can't really do be who you want to be in life until you become the king or queen of your own broken heart first until you realize that you are a beautiful person and that you can make it through and you're really going to be the only person that says that I can make it through and I need to do something with this because at the end of the day if you if you can't figure that out and you can't go to community you're just going to continue on that walk to insanity and so I think a lot and so a lot of people look at this idea and no one really knows how to push that you know, no one really knows how to go to someone and be like, oh, man, like, just don't be depressed. Like, don't don't have anxiety. It doesn't work like that. You know, and so it's like, how could you really push that message? And it's it's like really only through Jesus could you truly push that message and make that known because I, my own hands, do not have that kind of power to make people believe in that. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus through this year has made me realize that that is what you know, that keeps staying on my heart, that keeps me wanting to push forward because I know that I can do something and it's already changed someone's life. So how many more lives can it change? Wow, I feel, I feel your passion when you talk about that. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, no Josh, problem. do you have any thoughts on that? No, I totally agree with Robbie's brand. The first time I heard about it was when we were coming back from FallCon last year. And I completely agree. I feel like in society, um, definitely... Um, men, I, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak for women, but (laughs) speak for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. But definitely men like have this like need to like, like most men, like let the world go by and like, they just sit on it and just like, like they just get into a major just because, and then they just like 
let time pass instead of like taking control of each moment that they have and loving it. So yes, you have to be your the king of your own castle. You have to rule your life. But at the same time, you're not the king of the kingdom. Jesus is the king of the mm-hmm. kingdom. So he rules over all. But you have to make the decisions every day to say, yes, mm-hmm. I won't go into this party. Yes, I won't go and like like lust after a woman. Yes, I won't go and um, sit sit on my phone for like three hours. No, you have to continually keep saying yes to what Jesus has in his promises for your life. Mm-hmm. What that makes me think of is like, that's the beauty of free will because God allows us to make that choice. We can become the king or the queen of our hearts and our world and make all the decisions that we want to lead us toward him or away from him. And so I guess my encouragement is for myself, for you guys here, and then I guess anyone listening is just like, to choose in and make Jesus the king of your broken heart because we all have sin. My heart is definitely broken and I want Jesus to be the king of my heart to dis, um, not decide, but guide me to where I need, I want to go and where I need to go and just have his influence over me. And it's like that entire fact, you know, like that this is what Jesus wants to do is actually the reason about why I came back to faith. Ooh. And so, um, like I said before, bring it back to Canyon Ranch, Big Canyon Ranch. So I'm at my like senior year of like this um, just group they go down to you know this camp to go do whatever you know have a good time and I'm sitting there and you know it gets down to like the last day where everyone you know do like worship have like a deep like you know sermon and mm-hmm. everyone goes and prays for each other at the end and so I'm sitting there like had like no like true like feeling like didn't really know what I was there for just kind of was like chugging along just to be with some friends and I see this like super old guy and I'm like, the guy looks like he's got some good knowledge. So, you know, I go up to him and I'm like, Hey man, I got a business that I've been working on. Like, do you want to hear it? And he's like, sure. You know, like lay it out. And what he really made me realize is that this entire time that I went to Intermountain Christian school that set me chasing after this 1%, um, was like my own sermon. Like I, I was being my, my own preacher and coming up with the idea that I had to be the king of, king of myself but what does jesus really want to do with this brand like what this idea and i was like dude i've got no idea where you're about to go with this you know i I had not thought this far and he's like well what jesus really wants you to do is he wants you to realize that you can be the king of yourself and then surrender it to him take that for a second surrender Mm -hmm. the fact that you are the king and queen of yourself to him because at the end of the day that's what he wants you to realize because you are a beautiful creation and you are a beautiful person and through that, it was like, there's no way Jesus isn't working in my life because I've set out to create this 1% brand that has flipped into something so beautiful that could have only been flipped here with the, with the knowledge of Jesus. So that was more like my call to faith and how I became Christian was from that idea. That was so good. Oh my gosh. I really enjoyed that. Um tangent i guess that we went down josh do you have any more thoughts before we continue on no robbie Uh, said it's great (laughs) yeah thank you guys both for sharing vulnerably and openly i really appreciate it um that's how we have these conversations and are able to with openness um let's let's continue on um, since we are all involved in InterVarsity, I know the three of us are involved on the apprentice team 
Can you guys, would you guys explain a little bit about what that is and how you came to be involved with that? So the apprentice team is a discipleship program so we could we can learn to be leaders next year not that we have to become leaders but so that we can learn to like lead freshmen and the other apprentices next year so in a way we are the like next generation coming into um, leading university um, it's all about like deepening ourselves in faith with like spiritual disciplines like how to call each other out like how to lead in bible studies and all sorts of things like that. So it's just, yeah, a discipleship program and it's helping us get closer to our leaders, uh, Kelly and Chase and Christine, so we can like better like understand who God is besides just in our own walks. Mm-hmm. And Robbie, we were talking about this a little bit, a little while ago, and I just would like to hear it again. Why did you choose to be on the apprentice team? Man. I I really chose to be um, part of the apprentice team because um, I actually wasn't gonna do it for a while. Um, I remember like just sitting back and having Chasen like at a large group be like, "Hey, we're like we're doing like apprentice team," and, and I just like listened to it, let it kind of like go over my head. Then Josh is like, "Dude, you should you should really try this." But I think a lot of us are gonna do it, and so I was like, "Ah, you know, like I realized." at that moment that the only way that I was really going to like say yes to Jesus and that I was really going to push it is if I put a time commitment in my life that I like went out and specifically set a date that I had to be there at because I don't like being late I don't like like putting people up on like say I'm going to be there and not being there and so when I say that I'm going to be there I'm going to be there and I feel like that that was probably my best way that it's going to keep me out of distraction that you know keep me out of like not going to these things is just having that moment in my life that's like you need to be here at this time it sounds like you were trying to hold yourself accountable yeah so you would show up because i get it's easy to not not come and let the um, bygones of life you know take over exactly and so it's been um super easy actually like you know i thought that it would take up like let like more time that i wouldn't enjoy sometimes but like i'm having like such a great time and i feel like i'm like learning each day and even though each day isn't the best I don't make the best decision, that's for sure. But um, we're definitely, like, we're learning each day, and I think that's what it really comes down to. Josh, how about you? So I joined the apprentice team because I always knew that uh, when I came to college, I was going to join a Christian group, and at some point I was going to be a leader in that Christian group. Um, yeah, growing up where I, w- I did this thing called Awana, it's, um, it's a club, Uh I'm familiar, yeah. Hi. Yeah, when you're like <laughs> a little kid. A little little bit involved with it. Not too much though, but sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so the like whole like concept is is you go, you like your leaders like preach to you, but you go through a book every year and you learn uh, Bible verses. So I, I, I did it from second grade all the way through my senior year of high school. So I learned over 3,500 verses that Ooh. I could just recite like off the top of my head. So... 3,500? Recite yeah, that one right now. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.15. Uh, Studies show thyself to prove unto God a workman's needeth not to be ashamed, rightly defining the word truth. So <laughs> I've tested him on this before, too. And, like, he's, like, said a few of them. And then I was like, all right, now tell me one from this. This and book. He, and he did it. He Dang did it well, gosh. and I was very impressed. 3,500, that's, that's admirable. Yeah. So I just always knew that, like, 
going really deep and vulnerable with Joshua. Uh, I I had a crisis um, a couple years ago that didn't pull me away from God, but it pushed me to take my faith and bottle it to myself. I thought that like if I could learn, uh, if I could learn to just read all the books about God, read the Bible, pray to him constantly, and keep my faith to myself and never go out and preach about it and just live it through my life, that would be enough. And God came to me mm-hmm. and he said, Joshua, I didn't push you this hard for this long to only keep it to yourself. I pushed you this hard and this long so you could go and be a well to others. And so um, I joined the apprentice team because... I knew that at some point I'm at some point I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be out there going on missions. I'm going to be out there preaching. I'm going to be out there doing God's uh, will on this earth. So I needed a place to go and learn all that I need to know about how to do this. And the apprentice team is where it's at and with the great leaders that we have. Because if it wasn't for Kelly, Chasen, and Christine, where I didn't trust them completely to push me in the right direction, I definitely would not have joined it. Mm. You know, it's been it's been so so powerful just being there and and seeing like I think it's like thirty people, thirty five people. We have a big group. Yeah, and it's all really push amazing. themselves like to be like a leader. Like it's just like so inspiring. You know, I mean, you, we we walk in there and you can just tell that um, like. We're here to become better people, you know. We're not just here to be like a big group and then be like a clique. We're here to go out and and really turn the the world into a Jesus clique, you know. <laughs> and and to push this idea that you know we don't have to, you don't necessarily need to be part of a church. You don't necessarily need to be like part of this and that. Like all you really need is like a community of two or three people who kind of know what they're talking about, and then the whole world will give you the opportunity to just say yes and continue on like one person at a time you know one step at a time then all of a sudden you're in a group with 35 people and you're like how on earth did I get here Mm. yeah I mean I'll share a little bit about my decision to join the apprentice team I would say that my motivations were similar to you Josh Um, my goal since joining university as a freshman has been to you know, work my way up to leadership. I've been really touched and inspired by the leaders who have been influential in my life. And so my goal is to be that leader for someone in the future, whether that's a new student, um, someone new to faith, a non-Christian, you know, whoever that may be. And when I heard that they were taking, you know, signups for apprenticeship, I was really excited because I think they had mentioned it maybe at chapter camp. I feel like I remember that a little bit. And so it was on my heart after then and then went signups occurred I was have I did have a little bit of a doubt though because of time constraints I was like I don't know if this is gonna like you said Robbie like if this is gonna take up a lot of my time if this is something I can commit to because when I commit to something I want to give it my all I don't want to commit to things halfway that's just not <laughs> beneficial do I say something oh uh you know and I think that it comes down to like is it like beneficial you know, like, am I, like, actually, like, learning? And it really hasn't, like, taken that much time. I think probably the, the biggest amount of time that we spend is um, each week we do, like, an hour Bible study that we have, two-hour Bible study. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, 
my group has a tendency to go till 10 30 <laughs> and i starting have, starting at 7 p.m so it goes 7, for a while we go to like 10 to 10 30 and like mm. every single person in our bible study is still there and i'm looking around like why on earth are you guys still here talking to us <laughs> and so i think that um a lot of my time commitment has came from like times that i didn't even think that i'd be spending like with these people you know because it's it's relatively short i mean we only spend like i think it's like three or four hours like a week Mm-hmm. Like actually doing our yeah, I mean the time commitment itself isn't like crazy, but like there's meaningful impacts that are happening within those mm-hmm. couple of hours. Like you mentioned, Robbie, like people giving up some of their their weeknight. Uh, maybe they should be doing homework or yeah. I don't know, like chores and stuff like that. But giving it up and dedicating more of their time than like usual to God, I think that's just God does a lot even in just a couple hours. Just and and like it, it all starts with like I've, I've already said this enough. And I'm sure you guys will get sick of hearing it, but <laughs> literally just taking that step and saying yes is so powerful. You know, saying yes to actually go and talking to one of the leaders that like knows something more <clears throat> than you and just asking him a question like, why, why do you know more than me? You know, like something that's like so stupid. Like, why would you even like ask some of that question? But you'll get like some of the most deepest answers off of just being curious and saying yes, because that's what Jesus does. You know, he wants you to be curious and actually go and like find the word and go and do this it's not about like going to church and like continuously like pushing into that it's about how are you actually developing your relationship with jesus and through that relationship is going to come church it's going to come community and because you're going to realize that you can't really do it without it Mm -hmm. you reminded me um i'm trying to look up a verse right now about curiosity it's like all who ask shall receive something like that (laughs) That was the worst recap. <laughs> do you do you have a memorized, Josh? Uh, <laughs> vaguely, but it's all who ask shall receive. Yeah. All who seek will find. All who hear will listen. Ooh. Exactly. Just like you said, Ravi. Backed up with a verse. Boom. <laughs> Very good. But yeah, that's why I joined um, Apprentice Team, and I'm really glad I did. I'm really seeing a lot of movement, and it's it's really fun, too. It's fun to spend more time with the leaders and other apprentices and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm glad yeah. I said yes. And you can, you can just see that Jesus is moving even just from this, like last year to this year, like our Bible studies have grown like tenfold. I mean, we, I think last year there's probably only like six Bible studies and now there's 14, like almost like doubled and, and then some, which is crazy to happen in one year. And then, like, all of our, like, our events that we do um, last year, you know, we still had a few spots at the end. This year, we had, like, a waiting list of 10 people at the end of it. Like, there's just so many people who want to get involved. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can't deny that Jesus is moving in a community like that that's growing so fast. And, and having us go out and vulnerably start talking about it and actually get down to business. And people want to hear it. You know, we're, we're sick of living in a, in a world full of lies. And people want to know what the truth is. And so the truth really happened to show itself in, in our community. Yeah. Ooh. Not just our community, but. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I guess just moving right into our next topic, you're mentioning how saying yes is imp- has positively affected your life. What's like a good joy you've experienced lately? Man, a good joy that I've experienced lately is... Um, is honestly just the fact that I can go and read the Bible and I come up with some really interesting questions that, <laughs> you know, whether or not they actually have to do with the Bible, 
like you know it's one thing whether or not like, it has to do with this but um i always have josh like answer those questions and so i honestly experience a lot of joy like through my faith and like in learning and just like asking josh like these mm -hmm. stupid questions about like who jesus is like why did these people do this and and how did this happen and you know and try to come to conclusions so i feel like a lot of my joy through the through the word and has come from just like asking questions to josh oh <laughs> you guys are so cute <laughs> i love that josh how about you some one of my greatest joys recently is learning how to suffer well i know it s sounds Ooh. horrible but being like christian for all my life like i've done a lot of, like not saying i'm perfect at all because i'm not but like i've done a lot of the things that like robbie's doing and um so i'm like learning like the deeper things of like what God is like asking of me. So like one of the things that I started doing is like once a week for 24 hours, I fast. And it's just learning to like suffer well for the Lord. Like uh, Chasen, our leader, he says like, if you can go out and be awkward so someone else doesn't have to feel that awkwardness, mm. like that is like a way of like suffering well. Like you should take the hit for someone else who doesn't know how to take the hit yet, just as Jesus took the ultimate hit for us. So, yeah. Knockout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just the joy in learning, like, like, Jesus never promised us there would be no pain. He never promised us that there That's would be facts. no hurt. He just <clears throat> promised, he just told us, like, through it all, have joy, be content. And so, like, learning how to do that, like, even in my deepest struggles, I need mm -hmm. to trust in the Lord, know He's my foundation, and just be joyful in all the things He's already done in my life and how He's already working. Yeah, yeah, that makes me think of, like, um, like you said, Jesus never promises the road as a Christian is going to be easy. Like, um, I think that's maybe a reason why some people are doubtful of the Christian faith, because they're like, well, why would this happen to a Christian or... Why do, you know, bad things happen to good people? It just brings me to that thought of, like, he never promises it's going to be easy. And I, <laughs> I heard it said, which was, like, kind of, like, a little bit crude, but I still thought it was funny. He was like, life sucks with Jesus, but it would suck a whole lot more without him. Yeah, I was like, definitely. that's that's true. And it, it was just kind of funny to me because, like, I can't even imagine how how different life would be for myself and maybe you guys could relate to if, if I didn't have a faith foundation to fall on when things you know got really tough and there were a lot of challenges in my life no definitely it would yeah yeah if there wasn't jesus i know like, what i would I, do <laughs> i understood like the truth about everything like like i would definitely be doing drugs <laughs> i would definitely be like having sex with like tons of girls like it would not matter but since i like know jesus it's not a religion. It's not keeping up with all of Jesus's laws. The laws are there because Jesus wants us to live a better, more fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. And like there are studies that come out on like all these things and people are like, they're like, yo, like cocaine is bad. Like when that first came out, people were like shocked. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, you. It, it seems like you guys just found out about this, but it's not true. Like God already told you like, put no idols before me. Like don't have addictions kind of like, uh, deal. So Jesus was already trying to heal you from your like worldly things before the like actual science of like all these worldly things like came out. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, for me, it's it's that's definitely been uh, part of like my struggle, is like um, you know, I felt like a lot of, through my life I've been my own rock in my own like way of living, and so these past like two years that you know I've been really like trying to say yes has just um kind of made me realize what like having a real rock looks like and not being my own rock. And, um, you know, it's been really tough because, like, I have such like, a big community of uh, people like that I've talked about. And it's not that any any of the none of those guys are Christians. None of them are Christians. And, um, you know, obviously, like, religion gets tossed around between a few people every once in a while. But, you know, it's not like you could definitely tell they're religious. And, you know, I've really uh, seen myself fall into the whole... Um, you know, idea that, like, I can be my own rock, and it's mm-hmm. through that idea that I can be my own rock that's, like, sent me, like, closer to Jesus, and, and you know, and it's still been hard of trying to figure out of, like, how can I truly not be my own rock, and, you know, so I'm continuing on that path each day and trying to, you know, take other steps. Like, I'm definitely not at the point where a lot of others are um, in their Christian faith, like, you know, I still find myself leaning on my own rock a lot of the times and trying to go and, you know, be with this community over another community and, like, really try to make that fact. And I, and I don't always make the right choice. And so it's been it's been tough. But, you know, I think that the only way that I could truly change through that is making those time commitments, is, like, making sure that I at least say yes, like, these times, and so I can continue Mm -hmm. on learning each day about what my yes is going to look like more and more and more, even though it's not, like, happening today, like, I'm praying about it, like, you know, I'm trying, I'm I'm getting there, and, like, I can feel myself getting closer, Mm. even in the days that are so far. Yeah, and I want to say thank you guys for saying yes to, you know, coming here today and being willing to share your stories and have a little chat with me and Robbie I also want to you know honor um your your walk with God like God moves in everyone differently there's no like well there I guess there is like kind of a right way but like (laughs) there's no like perfect manner that he goes about it and people you know move through their faith differently and um and I want to say that like you know it's easier said than done to be like oh I rely on God for everything and God's got me because I'm a Christian like of course it's easier said than done and like of course it can be difficult when you know times are really hard to totally be like yeah God's got me like I'm so glad I've got him you know I just want to honor that and say you know he moves differently in everyone and by saying yes and choosing in you're you're on a good you're on a good path and day man one step at a time exactly every day is a new day new opportunity to say yes to choose in Woo. okay now we are going to <clears throat> turn the tables and go down a different route. What is a struggle you've experienced lately in your walk of faith? I know it's a little bit more heavy. can be as big or small as you feel comfortable sharing. Yeah, I'll go first. So um, I'll probably say my, my biggest struggle right now is like, is putting uh obvi- like other things before Jesus like at at the end of the day and that comes to be like friends school, um parents and whatever but it's like putting, you know instead of looking at it like okay um you know like I start the day I read the Bible like I make a prayer um this is not how I start my day this is how I should start my day 
mm. and I can make a prayer, you know, like like continue pray and like pray for that, and then like and then go through my day. But um, as of now, like I feel like I put other things before those, and and say like, oh, like you know, I really should do homework before I go and you know pray. Like I should really go and like call my parents. And obviously, like you should call your parents, but it's like, what do you put first through that to really like give hope? And so I think my biggest struggle is that just putting those things like before have just been really tough and, and it's been like a habit that I've just built throughout my life and trying to break that habit is obviously not easy because breaking habits are tough mm-hmm. but that's that's definitely been where I'm at this past like two three weeks again yeah Thank I you. guess my biggest struggle is learning how to share my faith again when I was a senior in high school um, I had a huge friend group. Uh, we were, it wasn't exclusively, but it was mostly the cross-country team at Montrose. <laughs> and we were family. Like, one of uh, <laughs> one of my homies, like, almost got in a fight once. And, like, we all, like, looked at him and we said, like, if you throw the first punch, like, we will be on that kid so fast. <laughs> Like, don't even worry about it. Like, we have your back. Like, that's how close we were. Like, it did not matter the reason. Like, we had him. And so, um, yeah, I grew really close to those people. I knew these people since, like, second grade. And my senior year of high school, one of my best friends looked at me. He said, Josh, I'm an atheist. And, like, he'd been, like, my, like, go-to guy about, like, all things Christian. Like, we had debated so many times. Mm -hmm. We had, like loved Christ together for like literally like 14 years of our life and he just said like like no it's like all over pretty much and so um and that happened and then like six other people said that to me and that was really hard because like I always thought like it was like it was my fault like it was my fault that like Mm. I wasn't strong enough like I couldn't answer their questions enough like all these things were my fault And so I didn't share the gospel unless someone explicitly came up to me and said, I want to hear about Christ um, for like years. And Mm -hmm. so my big struggle recently has been like getting back into that, saying yes. When I see someone walking down um, campus and I just see him and the Holy Spirit says, Josh, go talk to that person. Like, let them know who my name is. Like, it's been really challenging me for me to say yes okay I can do this like God will put the words in my mouth I don't have to rely on my own understanding anymore to help people know him because although I say yes to taking that step the Lord is the one who plants the seed he's the one that waters it he's the one that cultivates it and at the end of the day he's the one that harvests it I'm the I'm just the one that goes out and just tills the ground thank you both for sharing um, thank you for trusting me with your with your struggles and I'll be sure to pray for you if that's okay with you <laughs> absolutely always ask permission um, I'll share too because I want this to be a discussion and not just me grilling you <laughs> the whole time <laughs> something I've been struggling with is just like not having God in like my foresight and in my mind like honestly sometimes I don't read my Bible and I just don't even think about it. Like, it's not even a thought that enters my brain. It's not like that I'm like, oh, I should read my Bible, but I have to do this or I'll do it later. 
sometimes I just don't even think about it and it's so bad and I've been praying a lot about just having the for like the foresight to think about it and make it a priority and put it on my heart to do so like I've just been struggling with that just like not I guess being connected and just like thinking about it which is so strange I because like in the past I've been like you know like lazy and been like oh I have something else to do I'll do it later but like there's just like no thoughts (laughs) it's so weird and so I've been praying about that and really trying to to work on that more to just have God be a thought in my brain I don't want to reduce him to just a thought but like have have the initiative and have the drive and want to and think about it more if that made any sense yeah no it's definitely it's tough yeah it's definitely it's tough to um go out there and really like be vulnerable with yourself and say that like this is like what i need like i need to Mm -hmm. realize that this is what i have to do you know and like i need to do this before um other things and you know that's tough because the world's like a it's like such a a beautiful like a falsely beautiful place you know you find like all of this stuff like so amazing and wonderful but at the end of the day it's like who really made you realize that this could be wonderful and amazing and that you can have a good time and that you can have friends and you can go out there and change the world or, and do whatever you want you know if you don't come down to it and say well what's the real reason that i'm even able to do this mm. you know like that that's one of the big questions that really makes me like push Jesus and thinks about Jesus just like you know you go out there and you look at like a hummingbird like you know like fly around with another hummingbird and hummingbird and they're so little and amazing and it's like how on earth can two of these little things like have such a good time and you're just like watching in amazement and Mm. it's like how could a creator not have you enjoy that moment to see these two like little creations like having a good time with each other same thing that you can do in this like little world that we have so in quote unquote whatever you want to say it's an interesting world i love hummingbirds they're so cute i'm sure they like drink their little sugar water yeah beautiful. <laughs> I love and their tongues are so long <laughs> so cool <laughs> okay well that's a happy thing to kind of end on um as we wrap up um you know i asked you guys earlier um, is there like a Bible verse that's really meaningful to you, one you live by, one that's touched your heart and your faith journey? Yeah, so for me, um, Bible verses have always been something that like I really struggle with because it's hard for me to read the Bible because I, I love reading <coughs> fantasy books. Mm. And Bible's definitely an interesting fantasy book. <laughs> it's not fantasy, though. That's – I didn't mean this. That was bad. But <laughs> I know what you meant. I just it's I gotta not, say that. It's, it's a like, living, breathing word of God. Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's very interesting. And so, um, like, I, I have a really hard time to do it. But something that really hits me is because obviously, like, um, you know, part of who I am is realizing that, like, I had to be like the king of myself, and you know, and really just kind of realize that I'm broken. And mm. so, in Second Corinthians twelve nine, it says, um, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so it's like admitting that I'm broken, admitting that of who I am and and the struggles that I go through um, really are what's pushed me to go out and tell people about like how, you know, they can really be the, you have to be vulnerable first. You have to realize who you actually are to be. 
And I think that that verse really does a good job illustrating that. Mm. Yeah, so the verse I live by is 2 Timothy 2.15. Um, it's, studies show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly defining the word of truth. And I feel like that is just such a powerful verse. And it's like, if you live by God, if you are living by the truth, and you are just pushing forward, leaning into what God has for you, there's no reason for you to be ashamed of yourself or feel the shame that other people bring upon you. So if you are constantly pushing into what he has, that's all you need. Mm. And that's all you have to strive for. It's all that God has for you, what his word has for you, what he has for you in prayer, and what he has for you in your purpose in life. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Um, That's it for the podcast today. Um, I always like to, as you know, if you're a faithful listener, I always like to end on a verse that's been influential on me this week or that I just think is applicable to what we've talked about today on the podcast. Um, So I'll just end with this verse. Hebrews 10, verse 23 through 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you for listening. Hope you guys have a great day, wonderful time out there, and continue <laughs> saying yes and find an opportunity because yeah, you know, saying yes to one opportunity may lead to like a thousand others. So, amen. <laughs> Bye.